When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from BJ Howes and alongside me, Michael Butner, who's just back from the capital. Went down to Canberra last night for Oztag for a big speech down there. Uh, hearing Gosford last night, a couple of rugby league trials. Canberra over Manly, some injury issues mm. for the mighty Sea Eagles. And then the West Tigers, uh, in atrocious conditions, they had a win against the Roosters last night. Jackson Hastings against his former side looked impressive, Buttes, uh, as a playmaker back in the NRL. Good morning, Steve, and uh, welcome to our listeners. Yeah, uh, you know, interesting last night, the way those trials played out. Um, I've, got, I've got my four sides again today, Steve, that I'm going to talk about. And But, you know, the, I guess some positive signs for the West Tigers supporters, uh, some concerns for the Manly supporters in relation to uh, a couple of those injuries. Olika Tower, one of those with a possible broken forearm, Marty Tapao, I think, also suffered an injury of some sort. Um, and I don't necessarily think that they've got a great deal of depth, Manly, to um, to be able to cope with injuries like that. So uh, the Raiders, well, you know what I, I said last week, I think they're going to be a side this year or probably one of the most improved sides this year, uh, just based on their roster and how they look. Uh, I just can't see them being poor again like they were last year. But uh, you know, good to see some rugby league action out there, Steve, and uh, plenty of action coming up. We've got the NRLW starting off this weekend. In fact, it's a triple header up at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, so I'll be working at that tomorrow in oh, Newcastle. Good on you. Uh, can't wait to get up there. Who uh, we got? Who and, we got? And Who's you know, playing? If you take a look at the Telegraph, yep. uh, Paul Kent, I think it might be his first article of 2022, he's talking about uh, what the women are being paid and whether there should be parity, uh, like in a lot of other sports. Very, very interesting articles. So uh, the women standing alone with a triple header, Dragons up against the Titans. So Gold Coast, a new team in the competition, uh, also playing tomorrow. Uh, Roosters up against the Broncos. What a heavyweight clash that is. Brisbane, uh, undoubtedly the best women's rugby league team that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, led by Ali Brigginshaw. And then the final game of the afternoon, we'll see the Newcastle Knights against the Parramatta Reels. The two new clubs taking on each other. The yep. mighty Parramatta Reels taking on the Knights. And, great and, clashes there in the past. And Kira did part of the uh, Newcastle squad. Let's yeah. welcome a man who's at the coalface of the NRLW with the Sydney Roosters. Uh, John Strange, good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. G'day, lads. How are we? Yeah, we're well. Uh, firstly, your thoughts on the trials last night in Gosford and... Can you believe great crowd considering the conditions in Gosford last night? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I didn't actually catch the first uh, the first trials as a training, but got back for uh, the Tigers and Roosters. And yeah, terrible conditions. Obviously, we've had a lot of rain here on the Central Coast, but it was really pleasing to see all the fans um, still out there turning up in those positions. It obviously shows how much the Central Coast community love rugby league uh, to get out there and, and watch those boys run around. 
How are you feeling about a triple header tomorrow at McDonald Jones Stadium? We said about the poor Kent article that's in the Telegraph, but uh, the women's game, we all love it. Tell us about your Roosters side. Yeah, look, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, yeah, sort of stop start the competition, obviously, in 2021. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit surreal now that it's one day away before these girls can play because it feels like it's been on and off for, you know, sort of eight or nine months. But, um, yeah, look, for me as a coach, obviously, I'm, I'm sort of more focused on our, our team and how we perform against the Broncos. But, you know, on a, from a game point of view, I just can't wait to see all, all six teams, uh, especially the three new teams, um, run out there tomorrow and, and hopefully put on a show for, for the fans. And, you know, one thing I've said to our girls is that uh, we've got two weeks, you know, an opportunity there to hopefully um, gather some more rugby league fans, um, turn them over to watch the women's game before the NRL starts, um, which will be round three for us. So, look, it's a good opportunity for the girls to showcase um, their skill set now and where they're at in the game. And, yeah, for me personally, I just yeah just can't wait for kickoff. John, I love you six and seven. Zahara Tamara, who played in the All-Star game, and I guess you might say is a, a veteran of the women's game, but you're seven... Local girl, Jocelyn Kelleher, looking forward to seeing how she goes at halfback. Oh, look, it's really exciting. Like, Joss, um, yeah, it's obviously part of the Central Coast Roosters team over the last two years, but but before that, um, she'd never actually played the game. So, you know, I watched her playing AFL for Colonial Vale Bombers with my, in my daughter's team, um, sort of growing up, and, and then she came across and played league tag for the Central Coast Roosters, and you could see she had the skill set there and she's certainly had the physicality um, from AFL and, and played a bit of rugby union as well. So, look, she's, she's come a long way. Um, last year was the first time she'd actually played halfback when I said that mm. she was going to play halfback in the preseason. She was a little bit sort of shocked to start with, but, look, she, she got best back for uh, Central Coast Roosters and she was instrumental in that side going through undefeated last year. So... Look, she's she's a good good girl. She's confident. She knows what she's doing, um, you know. And uh, look, I'm looking for her to steer, steer the side around against the Broncos, and I'm I'm sure she'll do a great job. I had Jocelyn in my uh, women's open Oztag side, so I need to thank you, Strangey, for uh, taking her <laughs> from from me. But that's okay. Yeah, surprisingly, oh, mate. She's got a lot of skill to offer, and I'm actually surprised. And I didn't realise that she was playing halfback this week because I'm not surprised by that. Because, look, she can handle her own, but her skill um, at the line and her vision is very, very good. Like, I've just seen the little glimpses that I've seen of her in Oztag. You know, it just stands out, mate. You know, you know, you know, as a coach, you can actually see these things and they become really apparent. She's one of those kids who I think just, it'll just come naturally to her. Just to take that leadership of the team and to manage the side around the park. Yeah, absolutely, Butes. You obviously know her well. And, um, look, she's played, represented Australia, as, as you know, um, at Oztag. And, and um, you know, it was a few years ago when I found that out. And she was she was a middle, which, you know, as we as we know, middle in um, in Oztag's a halfback. So, yeah, look, a, a skill set, uh, passing both ways is great. It's, a vision's outstanding. Um, but what I love about Josh, you get a lot of, lot of players, boys and girls, who can do all that at touch an Oztag when they haven't got the sort of big girls wanting to whack them. But um, Joss does that in rugby league. So for me to have a halfback that's quite prepared to, to go in and bite into the line and um, either take them on or put girls through holes and, and get whacked afterwards is, yeah, it's it's pretty special. So, look, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be a fan, to be honest, uh, tomorrow watching. I was sitting up in the 
the coach's box as the coach, but I'm going to be a fan watching the players like Joss run around. I can't wait. We're talking to John Strange, coach of the Roosters NRLW. Their season kicks off tomorrow. I mentioned about your six and seven. Look at your three and four. Jess oh, Sergis wow. and the great Isabel Kelly, who's been the golden boot winner. But then uh, I want to ask you about video sessions for tomorrow. I mean, you're up against Ali Brigginshaw. You look at their forward pack, Millie Boyle, who we're seeing on Channel 7 at the moment on SAS. Mm. Chelsea Lenarduzzi, who I love as well in the front row. But then they've got blistering speed at the back with Tamika Upton. So tell us about your thoughts, where you can get the Broncos, the triple premiership winners tomorrow. Oh, look, yeah, you're right there. There's probably another couple of names you could have mentioned in that as well. Uh, Maybe be sweat, sweat a little bit more. But um, no, look, they're, they're, a, they're a good side, obviously. They've been the dominant side, as you mentioned, at the start of the piece there. They've won all three premierships so far. And, and they've... They've actually kept the majority of their side together, um, you know, which is good luck to them from last year. So, um, look, we're gonna we have got some focus points on certain players and and what they like to do in you know in relation to their strengths. Um, but to be honest, we've got a heavy focus on on us. You know, it's not going to be um, too much on on them and what they can do and um, and how good they're going. It's going to be a real heavy focus on on us and, you know, what we can do to, to um, obviously get over the line with them. But, uh, look, yeah, there's no, there's not one or two. Some sides you come up against and, you you know, I think if you can shut down um, one or two players, you go a long way to winning it. And there's, there's obviously more of those girls in that side. But, look, I'm, I'm really wrapped with the squad that I've got as well. So, um, look, I'm going in, in there with an expectation that, um, that we beat them, to be perfectly honest. I don't want to dwell on the the pay issue, but can you give us a bit of an insight into what these girls have done in relation to their training, the amount of time they put into it, and how many games this season will be for them? Because you know we know that the, this is the 2021 season, effectively. The 2022 yep. season comes at the end of the year. So you know when we're talking about trying to get this balance right in terms of what the right amount of money that they should be receiving... You know, I'm sure they're working just as hard as the guys. Uh, obviously, the season is nowhere near as long. Yeah, look, that's that's right. Like this season's, um, you know, isn't going to um, be replicated again. Well, I hope not. Um, yep. There's, there's two <laughs> NFL clubs, but um, but look, it's 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 a bit of a, a challenging topic at the moment. Like the girls this year, their workload's going to be quite intense with the two NRLWs. They've got to go back to their state leagues. Uh, New South Wales and Queensland State Leagues in the middle of those two NRLWs. They've got an origin game and, and then the World Cup at the end of the year. So, look, that's not going to happen every year, but the workload's, yeah, fairly intense for them this year. Um, and, look, it is a challenge for the girls. Like I said firsthand, um, that it's not their primary source of income playing rugby league like it is for men. So they still have to have um, nine-to-five jobs and, and try and squeeze it in. So, look, we're just in a... In a in a period of the game, I believe, with the women where it's sort of gone from, you know, let's just get out and have a run and, um, you know, for five years ago and, and do it just for the love of it to being a lot more serious and it's semi-professional now. And, and look, mm-hmm. it won't be long until it turns professional, I think. And, you know, that might be three or four years away where I, I believe the girls are on a on a closer playing field to the men in relation to pay. But, look, that, that's got to take time. I understand that as well, being in the women's game. Um, a little bit of patience for it from everyone and look, the more interest that, that the girls can get in the game uh, the more the broadcasting rights will come in and, and then obviously the pay will, will come from that so 
Yeah, look, I, I don't really want to go into it too much about what they should or shouldn't be getting paid now. My main focus with these girls is is you've got two weeks um, to really put on a show and um, show all these hardened sort of male rugby league fans what your girls can do. And, you know, we do that. We get more fans, generate more support, um, and the sponsorship comes in, and then and then obviously they get um, they get paid more. That's that's just kind of simple way I look at it. Um, but, look, yeah, it is, it is a challenge. We all know it is a challenge for the girls, but... Um, I don't think it'll be too too far in the distance that um, we get some parity. Hey, John, can you stay with us for just a few more minutes this morning? I've got just a couple of final questions about Central Coast girls right across the competition. I, I want to find out... Uh, I don't want to throw you under the bus right now, but I want to find out how many girls from our area are playing in the NRLW in 2022. OK. No worries. Yeah, John Strange joining us, the coach of the Sydney Roosters NRLW. couple of trial games last night. There's plenty more this weekend. I'll tell you what we did see last week. We saw the son of a gun, the son of MG, mm. on fire, Buttes. We'll talk more about that as the show unfolds. Speaking of the son of a gun, uh, yesterday at Boomerang Beach, the Great Lakes Pro Surfing Contest, Joel Vaughan from North Shelley Boardwriters has taken that event out. It means he's number one ranked number one in surfing in Australasia, Oceania. So, fantastic win, the first on his QS Tour. So, well done to Joel Vaughan. We're back in just a moment, live from BJ Howes. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, we're back live at BJ House and the Milwaukee four-piece kit today. You get a job site radio absolutely free. Now, that's exclu- exclusive to BJ House. A job site radio. How good are those things? Like, not that I'm a trader, and who am I kidding? But when you're working hard... To make a, good, a living. Working hard to make a living. Yeah, that's right. Good, hey, good line you, for a song, that. It's what about what unfolded during the break. I was oh. just asking about, uh, you know, screwdriver set. Yep. And uh, Bob's here. And, uh, Bob, what, what have we got? It's the uh, super oh. special, mate. So super tell special. Us. Yeah, sure. We got the uh, the Crescent 21-piece uh, uh, screwdriver set, which is a combination of all your Phillips head and your slotted screwdrivers and a few electrical ones as well in it. Mm. They used to be 55 bucks. We brought them down to 49.50 Today only, till 12 o'clock. Forty bucks. Wow! All right, and my name's not Bob; it's David. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'm definitely walking out. You look some... like you look like a Bob, though. Uh, I, I'm, like a Bob. I'm walking out with some of those today. No, yeah, yeah. no doubt about make it. Make sure you get here before twelve o'clock to make sure that happens, because uh, that's I, a great deal, Bob. I'm an embarrassment, Dave. I'm, <laughs> I'm an embarrassment to our neighbourhood. Uh, let's go back to John Strange, coach of the Roosters NRLW side. Uh, John, great to have you back on the show, mate. And I'll ask you the question that we kind of alluded to prior to the break. So just looking through some of the other teams in the comp, I'm delighted to see that Kira Dibb is a part of the Newcastle Knights squad. In fact, she had a blinder in the All-Star game at Parramatta a couple of weeks ago, but I can see some Central Coast talent across virtually every team. Have you got the exact numbers? Oh, look, yeah. So Central Coast girls, um, there's actually six girls in total playing across the uh, competition, which is which is outstanding just from this uh, from this region. We've got, obviously, Jocelyn Kelleher, uh, Olivia Koenig, uh, Shorten Burton, Jolie Morris, uh, Jamie Frezard, uh, Wild mm-hmm. Girls up there with uh, with Kira up at the night. So, yeah, look, it's, you know, it's, it's just like the boys, the, the girls are the same here on the Central Coast. They love their rugby league and they're obviously very talented. So, 
um, looking at the young girls coming through in the game um, from the Central Coast, especially in our under-19s programs, uh, there's going to be a lot more in years to come. It's great. Uh, Jamie Frizzard, have you had a little bit to do with her buttes? Did she spend some time in Brisbane? And she's an absolute gun. Well, she's a premiership winner up at the Broncos there. And uh, I know she's been up there for a couple of seasons. Uh, one of those, I think she had some sort of injury which uh, denied her the opportunity to play the entire season. But she's um, she also plays Oztag. And in fact, I invited her along to our High Performance Academy uh, a couple of years ago because of her... Uh, what she has done in, not only in the women's game, uh, NRLW, but also what she managed to achieve in, in Oddstag. She's a talented athlete who's got you know, a fair bit of speed about her, solid in defence, and uh, yeah, she's going to be a good test for a lot of those centres um, if she gets her hands on the ball. Hey, John, how do you see these other games tomorrow? So as Michael said, we'll see a, a team in the competition for the first time, and that's the Gold Coast Titans women's team up against St. George Illawarra. So how, how do you see that unfolding? Look, you know what? It's, it's really it's really hard, I think, for everyone um, looking at the squads. I actually think... Uh, look, I think all six squads are, are strong, to be honest. They've all got some talented players. I, I actually think the Titans have probably got a little bit of a stronger roster than the Dragons. Um, yeah, they've got some experience there and they've got some really good uh, young girls, especially Destiny Brill, who's um, 19 and played, um, you know, for the Origin side, Queensland women's Origin side last year. And um, look, they've, I actually think they've got a really well-balanced side and uh, the Dragons are a little bit, a little bit younger across the board. They've got some good players. Um, Similar to some of our girls that have that have come in, and uh, not too many people know them, but um, you know. But I think, yeah, they've got some girls that will really stand up. But look, if I was if I was tipping anyone there, I think the Titans have probably got a slightly stronger stronger squad in that game. And then the final game at three forty at McDonald Jones Stadium, Knights up against Parramatta. How do you see that one unfolding? And uh, going to be fantastic to see those two new teams as well. Yeah, look, it will. Um, and once again, a little bit hard because no one's played and, and none of us have had trials either, so we can't even go on trial form. But uh, looking at the squads, Paris packs very good. Um, they've got a few of our girls that we had last year. Um, some Origin players there. They've uh, Yeah, so they're very strong. They've got Batilli Welsh at fullback as well. Um, you know, so look, I, I, once again, I, I think Paris are going to be too strong, especially if it keeps raining. Uh, they'll probably play through the middle and uh, may find it a little bit hard for the Knights to, to contend with uh, with the girls they've got in the, the pack of the Eels. But, yeah, look, it, like I said, it's a, it's a little bit hard, a little bit of an unknown, especially for, for the new sides, uh, the Titans, Knights and, and the Eels. Um, it's, you know, it's a little bit of gelling. We've all been training and I'm sure we all look awesome at, on the training paddock. But, um, yeah, look, tomorrow's, realistically, tomorrow's kind of a trial for all six teams. And then I think from there we... We sort of knuckle down and go, okay, well, this is where we're all at and this is what we need to do. So, um, but yeah, look, once again, I'm going to be uh, just excited to watch watch all three games, including, uh, yeah, the Roosters-Broncos. Yeah, John, uh, thank you so much for your time, mate. Uh, best wishes tomorrow. Your game at 1.50 at McDonald Jones Stadium. Yep. What a blockbuster to kick uh, off the opening round. Can't wait. How good is it going to be? Yeah. Three games, back yeah. to back to back, and you're going to be there, Steve. Yeah, triple header. Uh, can't wait to be on the mic for the NRLW round one tomorrow. John, good luck to your team, mate, and thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Cheers, yeah, boys. John Strange joining us uh, does so much for rugby league on the Central Coast. Butes, uh, we just saw a, a legend walk into this store. In fact, here he comes. Yeah, was it? Uh, in fact, it deserves a standing oh. ovation. Russ Maloney from North Shelley Border Riders. Congratulations, mate, on the Border Riders battle. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I just come in the, to grab a few tools and, yeah. Yeah, grab yeah, the Milwaukee. Yeah, straight over the Milwaukee stuff. I've been using that for a while and it, and it goes good, so yeah. Hey, we mentioned uh, about Joel Vaughan. What a win yesterday. His maiden win on the QS Tour up at Boomerang Beach. Yeah, he's surfing so good. Joel's a great little kid and uh, comes from a great family. And yeah, I, I, I uh, stopped at lunchtime and, and watched him surf and he had a really good couple of heats. He had a hard one against Stuart Kennedy, a former CT surfer um, in the semifinal and and did really well and come back. Stu dropped the nine on him straight away and and then Joel come back with a couple of really good scores and to get over him, I think that gave him the confidence into the final. So, yeah, yeah continued on. I think the uh, – I sent his dad a message yesterday and, and he said the win over Stu Kennedy was easily the best of his career so far in individual surfing. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Stu Kennedy's seasoned professional and – and for Joel to overcome him, you know, that was great for him. And I'm sure that just gave him the confidence to go on. Yeah. Hey, Butzer, let me give you a snapshot of this guy we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I would rate him probably as one of the best surfers I've ever seen. Just a beautiful style. If you go out at North Shelley when it's cranking, you'll get 100 waves. But every single wave is like somewhere between an 8 and 10. Uh, how many, how many <laughs> Indigenous <laughs> titles have you won down at Bells Beach? Um, I, I've got two at Bells. Yeah, and then uh, I've had a couple at Newcastle as well. I think I'm up to about 13 there. So. Oh. Yeah, and mate, uh, how, how's it been since winning? I mean, you've come close before, but that Australian border riders battle is one of the greatest sporting events I've ever watched a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's a hard one to win. We've, we've come second three times and uh, a third and a fourth. Uh, we've always been real competitive. Yeah, but I don't know. This year was kind of weird. We were waiting for a team to creep up on us, and it never really happened. So it was it was uh, it was a good one, yeah. a good win. I was going to say, what is it about the Central Coast and the caliber of surfers? Not only you know take out this title here at North Shelley, but also you know the amount that are on uh, the pro circuit. It's just phenomenal, and they they just keep coming through. Yeah, the coast has produced so many good surfers. Yeah. I think um, the quality of waves that we have and um, yeah, it's not super competitive like our area, but then you go to Avoca and that seems really competitive. That's probably why they've they've got more guys on tour. Yep. But um, I don't know. The Central Coast has produced some really good guys and mm. there's some good juniors coming through and we've seen Molly, Molly and what she's over doing. in Hawaii. Yeah, phenomenal. She's an amazing surfer. And yeah, North Shelley just seemed to keep producing good quality and, and heaps more kids coming through as well so give us there's a, more to come give us a bit of a history lesson who were the people you looked up to when you were coming through so for me it was um like on the coast uh jay sharp cameron sharp benji morris um it's kind of endless jug like justin allport um yeah there, there's just endless <laughs> talent yeah. yeah they're the kind of guys i grew up idolising and, and looking up to just the older generation and yeah and hopefully we can kind of do that for the for the new kids coming through yeah uh, we mentioned about Joel Vaughan but uh, his little brother Huey uh, he is going to be something absolutely out of this world I guess and destined for the world tour as well for sure Huey's a great surfer he's the weird thing about Huey he's only 15 and he's um, 
he surfs like a like an old veteran. He he um he's really cool and calm under pressure. Like the bull riders battle far out when you got the whole of North Shelley screaming on the beach. Yeah. You know, you can some people can fold under that pressure and uh yeah, Huey just seemed to to get energized off it. So it was pretty it was pretty cool to see and Yeah. Yeah, just such a great family and um yeah, they are they're, they're great people. Yeah, yeah, well said. And I, I think one thing we've noticed with the Women's World Tour as well, there's so many great young girls on that tour. Hey, mate, uh, awesome to see you. I think another standing ovation, one of the best surfers of all time on the Central Coast, Russ Maloney. Uh, great Thank to see you. you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, and by the way, how's the artwork going? Because uh, incredible artist as well. Yeah, yeah, the artwork's going good. Um, Grant's been, uh, been doing really good and... Um, yeah, hopefully we can get back into the schools and, and do a bit more now that um, everything's sort of restrictions are easing. So any get back into it. Any website we can go to, to Facebook? Uh... Um, yeah, you could just check out my Instagram or um, uh, get in contact with Grant on his Instagram or, or Facebook. Yeah. yeah. What's the handle? Is that is that what it is, the handle? Mate, you're all over it. You're all over it. <laughs> oh, I'm not a social media guru, so... <laughs> but, and how do we spell Maloney? M-O-L-O-N-Y? That's right. Yeah, beautiful. Got it. First, first person to ever get it. <laughs> all right, good to see you, mate. Fantastic. Well, well thank you. We're off to the news. This is Saturdays on the Coast, live from BJ Howes on uh, SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at BJ Howes, uh, running slightly late after catching up with a surfing legend, Russ Maloney. Thanks again, thanks again to John Strange. Uh, coming up, Buttes, we've got uh, Lauren Smith, who'll talk some cricket. Uh, another superstar who played her 100th game in the Women's Big Bash League. Gary Birkinshaw is going to drop by for a chat as well. But now we go live to Adelaide, and the coach of the Central Coast Mariners is there. Nick Montgomery, good morning, mate. And I guess the first question is... Have you recovered after the debacle, the farce that was Tuesday night against Melbourne City? Hey guys, yeah. Look, it's um, no, it's been it's been a, a difficult week, sort of processing what happened on Tuesday night. But I think everyone can see it was just it's hard to explain. You know, it, it, it's just total competence of of a referee and display, and it cost us probably three points, let alone uh, one point. And, and yeah, at the end of the day. You come off after the game and, and, you, and you put a performance in like that against the champions, um, you know, who don't need any help. And, and you find yourself after the game just scratching your head as to how that can, in this day and age, be possible. So, yeah, just just in disbelief, really. But, look, we have to move on. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we, well, at the minute, we, we can't change the result. But that's, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of people talking about what happened and, you know, not just here, global. Around the world, I've had messages and, and, and people have, have, have you know been in total disbelief as to the performance of the referee. But, yeah, hard, hard one to take. But we're in Adelaide now, so we got a game today against Adelaide and hoping for three points and, and come back to the Central Coast. Yeah, it's such a shame the way it finished. And I, I messaged Sean Millicamp through the week and they've admitted they got both decisions wrong. So the first one, a, a penalty yeah. against the Central Coast Mariners. The next one, Lewis Miller brought down in the box and then... Starts limping off, and uh, I could not believe what unfolded. In fact, I think Adam back at HQ has got some audio. We might just roll in here from Tuesday night. Oh, that looks to be a not good replay if you're Matt Leckie. 
to see as Millie goes round. There looks to be contact. Well, this is going to be a penalty, isn't it? Because this is taking forever again, and it's farcical. Either way, it's a disgrace. You're going to tell me there's no contact there, and it's taken him almost 100 times to come to that decision. It's a disgrace. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah, Daniel McBreen there, former Mariners uh, championship winner. We also saw Daniel Georgievsky back in the studio. He was ropeable as well. I think everyone around football was embarrassed with what unfolded. I, th I think, Monty, when you look at something like that, and it's very little comfort for you and your team when they come out the next day and say, well, you know what, we got it wrong. We're sorry. In fact, we got two decisions wrong because, you know, that has a massive impact on where you guys are sitting at the moment. It, you know, it certainly changes, you know, you talk about momentum and, and how hard it is to pick these young guys up when they're looking at, you know, clear-cut decisions that are, you know, so wrong. It's, you know, absolutely horrendous. How do you turn that all around, Monty? Oh, look, we've got a resilient bunch. You know, it's hard looking at the table at the minute. We've got a couple of games in hand on, on teams above us. So, you know, at the end of the day, Last week, um, you know, the two home games, we dropped four points and then, you know, we conceded in the 95th minute against Melbourne Victory. Um, you know, we should have had a point and, and we should have had three points against Melbourne City. So if you actually had them points up, you know, we'd be, uh, we'd be far up the, uh, the other end of the table. But look, the boys are, you know, the boys obviously were in disbelief at, that, that, uh, at both them decisions. And like you guys just said, you know, you have VAR there and VAR is to call the referees over and say you've made a mistake change your decision and on both of them occasions they did exactly that so for them to ring and apologize the next day you know I, I, it's inexplainable it's inexcusable from, from from the referee to you know ignore people that are there to help him and, and are watching it live on on screen but look if you know the game and you've played the game both incidents you can see live they were he got them completely wrong so not only live did it look wrong you know on the screen it was 100 percent uh, factual that both decisions were wrong but he chose to give both decisions the other way so you know on that it's you know some some things you can't win against and I think that was just outrageous it really was and I think everybody else's reaction um, and I tried to keep calm after the game because unfortunately you know I'm accountable for if I come out and, and, and say what I really felt after the game you know I'd be yeah. accountable I'd probably get suspended and fined yet yeah, referee you know he can uh, disappear into the background and and, and virtually he's moulded the result on his own. So you know at the end of the day it's, it's disappointing. But the boys, listen, you know the boys here. They're young boys. They're 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 fantastic. And I think both performances against two of the benchmark teams in a competition last week. You know we could have won both games, and we come away with with, with nothing. And that's a disappointing thing. That but. The, all I've said to the boys is we can't control what happened on Tuesday night, but we can control what happens today against Adelaide, and and that's to go out and put in the same performance, but come away with three points, and and and, and there's lots of games to go. There's plenty of points to play for. We have got games in hand on on most of the teams above us, so we just need to keep doing what we're doing, and and hopefully you know the luck turns a little bit because we can't continue to get uh, calls against us that we have the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. The the fact that the Mariners match two of these teams that are running top six in the competition the the problem is Buttes four days later it's all anyone's talking about yeah correct and unfortunately you know it's taken away from what was a, a quality game and I, I guess Monty and I do this with my kids in relation to their Oztag um, and I know it's a completely different game and whatever else but one of the key elements that I try to bring their attention is how you react to different situations and circumstances and you know it's there's certain things that you can control 
what a referee does is beyond your control. That's an external factor that you can't control. So there's no point getting worked up by it. You've just got to move on. Mate, the, you know, obviously taking on Adelaide United, they're sitting on four, uh, in fourth position at the moment, 18 points. What's going to be the key for you boys uh, on this occasion? Yeah, look, he's going to talk about Adelaide then. I think they played three or four more games than us. Um, you know, so the table, you know, like I said, before, it's hard to look at the table. But look, they're a decent team. They've got some good young players. Um, you know, today's a big, um, uh, you know, big occasion for them. It's, 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 it's pride round. So, look, we're in full support of that. They're expecting a big crowd. And, and, and you know, I'm looking, it's going to be a good game. I always enjoyed playing here in Adelaide and, and then bringing the team for the first time. You know, it's going to be a good atmosphere. And, and you know the boys are ready. The boys are obviously you know ready to uh, to, to put Tuesday night uh, in the back of their minds. And the only way you're going to do that is by winning the game today. And we go back to the Central Coast um, tomorrow after what's been a, a big week away. Hey Nick, uh, what about for you? I mean, you've come through the COVID period, and prior to that, it looked like your team was really kind of flying and travelling well in the A-League. And since then, it's been incredibly challenging. Have you looked internally at all, and what have been the outcomes of that? No, look, obviously, before Christmas, we, we were we had a fantastic start to the season, get to the cup final, which was an amazing achievement. And, and look, you know, we're, we're no different than most teams. I think we got hit probably harder than anyone in, in over that over that sort of January, February period with most most players off with COVID at some point. Um, but like I said, it's uh, you know for us, we've the performances have been there. You know, we've uh, lost we've lost a, a couple of last uh, minute injury time goals. You know, three in a row, which was which was tough. But other than that, there's not you know there's not much to there's not much to really um, really change other than you know uh, everybody giving a little bit more and everybody you know concentrating a little bit more because we what we didn't do as well as we should have done is manage games. But look, you know, experienced players manage games and. And we don't have that many of them, but these boys are learning all the time. So there's been incidents that have happened where we've reviewed it and said, look, you know, we're winning the game. Why are we rushing his free kicks? You know, slow things down. Let's have a look at the pictures. And, and that's, you know, the boys are learning. So, you know, if anything, it's just it's just been an experience where these boys are going to grow from. And, 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 you know, like I said, we've got so many young players that they're just growing each week and, and look, they're not... They're not phased by, um, you know, by, by by results. That's me as a coach. I need to fix that. You know, I I, I want to win every game of football, and 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 so do the boys. But you know, like you say, it, 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 it's a real learning curve. And I think you know we're in a good position now, where we've probably got the, the squad at maximum strength as it as it has been all season. And and yeah, we've got lots of games to go. So not much other than uh, a little bit of luck and continuing to do what we do. Yeah, and uh, when you look at, like Monty said, when you look at the table, some of the teams have played three more games than the Mariners, mm. so it's hard to follow on the table and don't let those results kind of fool you as to where the Mariners are sitting on the ladder. Uh, one of the real positives, Benny Ancololo scored his first goal in the A-League. Oli Bazanek, now that came off a sensational pass. If you haven't seen it, Butch, you've got to take a look at the pass from Jacob Farrell. Yeah, right. Early ball to the back stick and Bazanek buries it. And that got us back on level terms with Melbourne City. Uh, and then, of course, the drama right at the end. Hey, Monty, I just want to ask you about the Premier League before we finish. Liverpool, they've closed it within three points of Man City. So it's going to go right down to the wire in the EPL. Yeah, I watched them against Leeds the other day. They were, after 30 minutes, and obviously it was... Uh... 
uh, a fantastic performance from Liverpool. I think three 0 at half time and six 0 at the end of the game. You know, for any for, for me, they they were ruthless. They were uh, unbelievable in the in the second half. And and yeah, look, it's exciting. For, it's exciting for the Premier League. I think everyone thought Man City were going to run away with it, but you know, a week in football is a long time, especially in in in, in the Premier League where there's two three games a week. So now, fantastic for everyone to. To watch and hopefully at the end of this season we can have an exciting uh, A League because well, we'll be doing everything we can to get in that top six and, and, and you know hopefully if we get there I don't think anyone would want to play us so you know that's football we just need to keep pushing on and every week things change Good on you Monty thanks for joining us this morning mate and good luck uh, as you take on Adelaide United down at the first Pride game which I think is a great initiative from the Adelaide club Josh Cavallo the first uh, male soccer player professional soccer player to come out and you know, so the fact that he was gay and they've made a big thing about it, which is fantastic. He's had a lot of support uh, in and around the game and uh, not only here in Australia, but around the world. So a really great initiative from uh, the clubs to be involved and hopefully this spreads worldwide. So good on him and uh, yeah, good luck, mate. We wish you all the very best. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, the great Nick Montgomery. Yes, he is. One of our all-time favourite Mariners and uh, now at the helm at the uh, at the club in 2022. Off to a break here. We're live from BJ House. We'll tell you more about some of the specials in a few moments. 10 o'clock this morning, we'll talk some surf life-saving. Hayden Smith, he smashed it at the Branch Championships mm-hmm. last week. Now he's gearing up for the state titles at uh, Queenscliff and also Manly uh, in the next week. And we'll talk some more footy buttes. You've got your four teams to watch in 2022. That's coming up next on SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at BJ Howes. The uh, text line 0477-736-736. That's 0477-736-736. The open line 1342-1533. What were your thoughts of the trials last night in Gosford in atrocious weather? Hey, Josh, you were there and uh, great crowd. What was your role? Josh, our technician. Uh, I was there last night doing the, the graphics switching in the box there, but it was it was a great night. The weather really came down in the end. Hey, were you just doing like a little bit of Karate Kid action then, like uh, when we were about to put him on the air? <laughs> I think he. I think he did a bit of wax on, wax, wax on, wax off. off. But it was actually I don't uh, want to do this because. Uh, not uh, as good as you, Steve, at talking on the radio. Well, I, I've got to tell you that uh, I was up late last night. I, I know yep. you were on your way back from Canberra. Yes, I was. But uh, I've started binge-watching season four of Cobra Kai. Oh. Uh, I just could not turn it off. Uh, can I ask you, are you a Daniel LaRusso fan or are you Johnny Lawrence? No, I'm LaRusso for sure. Daniel. Yeah, right. Daniel son. No, uh, no, yeah, yeah. I, I've been swayed. Uh, you like Johnny? I love Johnny. He's Johnny the underdog now. No, he's the underdog. Who, who are you? Johnny. Johnny for sure. Yeah. What would you say about Daniel LaRusso? Oh. Uh, are you thinking the words douchebag? Yeah, oh, please. pretty much. He's up, eh? He'll give, you a, he'll give you a crane right to your head. Yeah. All right, back to the footy. Uh, what were your thoughts last night of the crowd and the standard of the footy uh, with the West Tigers winners against the Roosters in the second game? Um, the crowd was great last night. I think it had 6,500 people. Um, but overall, the footy was great. It was a great game. Good to watch. And, you know, I enjoyed it. And it was great, great to work there. 
Yeah, awesome, mate. Awesome. Butte, so you got your four teams that you want to step through oh, here. I've got my four teams. I do want to touch on it. I may not get through all of them. I may, I maybe I will. All right. Just, be, just before you start, uh, you want some more airtime, Dave more... slash Bob? Uh, what have we got, mate? We've got another super special this morning. Uh, I just come want on. to throw you on. Come on up, Dave. Come so, on up. Talk so to us want... about the screw set again, uh, the screwdriver set. Uh, well, I love this screwdriver set. I'm taking it away. It's been slashed to just $40. How can you do it? Well, that's easy. I, I, bought, them. I bought a heap of them. And I've got about 25 left, so I need to get rid of them in a bit of a hurry because uh, the new month starts. They were 55, then brought down to 49.50. Now they're only 40 bucks. Yeah, uh, where's now, where's the accent from? That's more important. The, this accent? Yes. Yeah. Gee, what? That's 50 odd years ago. I was a Welshman. Welsh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> As well, everybody tells me, I thought I'm Scottish, but I never. Beats me how they think that, but yeah, I was. So, so you a football fan or you're a rugby? I fan? I am a mad tiger man, <laughs> yeah. fanatic tiger man. Yeah, but, love it. Uh, after last night, I was surprised that they won last night, but um, yeah, it's a good start to the season. Yeah, yeah. I, te- uh, I tell you who else was good for them, Luciano Leilua. Yeah, he will be good for them, and I think you know he offers a lot. He's got a big body. He's got a lot of skill. Good footwork. I think Jason, uh, Jackson Hastings will be good. I think he'll just add that little bit of extra spark they need. Yeah, Lelua, he stands out a bit. He stands out, but when he's active, but he does know how to hide himself occasionally. Oh, he, but he, uh, Yeah, and, and that's, I think that's hereditary. I think it's in the family, to be honest with you. Uh, were, you were you there in 2005 when they won their oh, inaugural right. premiership? <laughs> you, asked, you asked my me and my missus about that one. <laughs> well, you we couldn't get the game because we had to go to Leichhardt Oval to watch it on the screen. Oh. But um, we've got the... We got the game ball and everything at home, and uh, oh yeah, I'm. Uh, we enjoy the footy. All right, so who are your favourite West Tigers of all time? Oh, Benny and uh, and Steve Roach. Uh, Always backdoor, backdoor, Benny. Well, don't you bring that back <laughs> up again? I tell you, somebody wrote on my on my football. They crossed it off at work, and right, they crossed off Benny and said. Backyard, backdoor, yeah, backdoor, backdoor Benny underneath uh, yeah. game ball. Like, it was a big big blocker. Oh yeah, well. Oh, uh, blocker was yeah. Well, we used to I used to, we used to go to their day day outs at Ride yep. Shopping Centre. They used to have um, events up there in the gee mid eighties thing, whatever. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. And I got my son who was now thirty six. He was sat on their shoulders, Benny and and Stevie's shoulders. This is way before the um, the excitement of the two thousand and five events, but football was different then. Yeah, it was, I'm mate. sorry. I've got to say, I was a Bear Main supporter back in the day. I mean, yeah, in my younger yeah. days, the likes of Wayne Pearce, Gary Jack, well, uh, it's, Mick it's Neal, Blocker, Paul Sernan. Yeah, all of them. See, same... Ellery. Uh, Ellery Hanley, oh, what a character. Oh, brilliant man. But but it's in the same vein as Parramatta in them days. They were good footballers. Yeah. They knew how to play the game. Tough, but fair. Yeah. You, know? uh, you would have been sad to hear about Olsen Filipina. Ollie, yeah, well, he, he lost his leg, didn't he? Or, or he just passed away, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a big, big man. I can still remember the day that I challenged him over the fence line. I didn't think he was any bloody good until I saw the physical size of him about <laughs> three meters from me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I always called him a fairy. But uh, he was a big <sighs> man. He was those hips of his just knocked people senseless. But uh, yeah, oh, they were good days. Hey, uh, just quickly, uh, the Milwaukee four-piece kit. Uh, there's a special deal today where you get uh, something free. It's the uh, job site radio. So. Dropping to BJ Howes. Oh, how handy are those job site radios? Bob? Well, that'll be on. Uh, uh, if you buy buy a product, then you you can get that. Uh, 
you get that later through the uh, um, through the website on yeah. uh, Milwaukee. But. Your people talk to BJ House people. Hey, uh, we're heading off to the news again. Is that correct, Butte? We certainly are. We've got about 20 seconds before we get to the news. Steve. Yeah, second hour, Lauren Smith dropping by to talk some cricket. We'll also have Gary Birkinshaw join us live from BJ House. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from BJ Howes and love being here as always, Butes. Yep. And uh, plenty of super specials. We'll tell you more about those as the show unfolds. Uh, tonight, Charity Shield, Rabbitohs up against the Dragons in Mudgee, the home of the male model. Uh, Kenny Sutcliffe is out there and I think they've had a race meeting across the weekend as well. So lots of celebrations out in Mudgee, including... One of the games we love, the Charity Shield. I think it's, for me, Steve, it's probably the start of the NRL season is the Charity Shield. Now, I know we next week we uh, have a break and then we get straight into it. But, uh, yeah, for me, the Charity Shield is the one that signifies to me that Rugby League is back. I know we had the All-Stars game a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how the, the Rabbitohs go without Adam Reynolds. He's a big buy or he's a big loss. For the Rabbitohs, but he's also, a, you know, a huge bonus for the Broncos, I believe. Have a look at our technician, Josh. Uh, he's a massive Rabbitohs fan. His whole family are. And, uh, you know, they've got some kind of... Uh, there's a grey area here. I think Latrell. this counts as one of the games that he misses. Uh, I think, no, that what they did was the All-Star game counted as one of the his suspension matches. The, the Charity Shield won't count because it's considered a trial match. Uh, he could play in that game if he wanted to, but uh, the Rabbitohs have decided to rest him and, and keep him away. But, um, yeah, it was interesting, his discussion earlier in the week about, you know, the game being soft and all those things. Um, and, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, he still doesn't realise, you know, that, that incident uh, on Josh... Uh, was it? Manu. On Manu. On Manu was, you know... Reckless, high. And... Led to a serious injury, you know. The guy walked off with a, you know, serious compound fracture of his cheekbone. Um, you know, that's there's some force in that contact, and he needs to be conscious of. Otherwise, he's going to be spending a lot of time on the sideline. Yeah, well, we saw some really bad tackles this week where some players are going to miss some time. In fact, they'll miss the start of the Premiership James season. Tamo, James Tamo, if I can't see him starting the season with uh, that uh, kick pressure he put on Sam Walker. It was, you know, one of the worst I've seen in relation to just, if you're going to go for a charge down, at least make it look like you're going for the ball. And he just was nowhere near the ball. He took out his legs. Sam Walker's flipped and almost landed on his neck. Like it was, it didn't look good. And this isn't the first minute of the game. Um, He was probably lucky that it did occur in the first minute of the game because there's every chance... He may have found himself in the sim bin if it happened a little uh, bit further th- in the game. I think there was a cannonball as well last night Lindsay with Collins. Collins yeah. So, and I'm hearing the words duty of care more and more that the players have got to be mindful of this. Otherwise, yeah, because they could end a season or could end a career. Well, we saw it last week with the hip drop um, from the St. George player on Dunstan. I think it is from Parramatta. He's out for the season now. And, you know, uh, the St. George player has picked up five weeks uh, for that, um, you know, tackle. It's just one of these things. Players need to be more mindful of what they're doing and, and you know, creating that unacceptable risk of injury. Uh, and that's all that constitutes a dangerous contact charge. 
is that unacceptable risk of injury. And, you know, in the case with James Tamale, there was no doubt there was an unacceptable risk of injury. In the case with Lindsay Collins, it could have been ugly. Yeah, no one knows more about this than you do, Buttes, as former member of the Match Review panel. Hey, let's go live now to a star of Surf Life Saving. This guy was just unbelievable at the Branch Championships last weekend, and now he's gearing up for the state titles at Queenscliff next week. Hayden Smith, a uh, standing ovation for you, mate. And uh, last week, how many medals at the Branch at Shelley Beach? Morning, Steve. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to be here. Uh, yeah, last week was, was great fun. Um, competed, obviously, I am a Masters competitor at 41 years of age, but competed in the Opens last Sunday and won seven gold, a silver and two bronze from ten events. So really enjoyed the day with Terrigal Surf Club and uh, some good hard competition from the other clubs on the coast throughout the day. Hayden, are you becoming a fine wine? Because you just <laughs> keep getting better with age. Come on, you're kidding me. You're taking on these young blokes, right, from the Masters division and still picking up gold, mate. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's something you should be very, very proud of, mate. Thank you. I, I am very proud. Um, it's interesting listening to your your league comments before I came on. Then my, my wife's cousin played State of Origin and, and uh, NRL for many years. And I think... The difference with surf life saving is that a lot of it is about um, it's a skill and and speed sport for sure. Uh, some of that speed you lose as you get older, but the surf skill component is very very important. And your anaerobic capacity, which you know I I think for me has improved, uh, you know from my twenties. So. Whilst I am older, I can still manage to be competitive, and I, I really enjoy it. I think if you know you want to do something, you want to do it to the what well, I want to do it to the best of my ability, and uh, you know I'm managing to do that at the moment and having a good time, and it it gives my life good balance because I you know live a, mm. a busy life, so um, yeah, I'm still really enjoying it. I think it's interesting you talk about the your anaerobic capacity or your aerobic capacity because I also think. You know, not only is that come from experience, but I also think the mental toughness that you acquire when you compete uh, at a high level over a long period of time, you suddenly build up this resilience, this mental toughness that when the going gets tough, the younger, inexperienced competitors just fall by the wayside. They just can't dig deep enough. Whereas the veterans can just hang in there like yourself. Yeah, and don't forget too, I, I think it wasn't that long ago, Hayden, where where the mentality was we did like tens, like massive workloads. So if you're a swimmer, for instance, you might do 10Ks a day. Mm. Uh, now it's more quality work. Uh, actually, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of Pete Jacobs, who... I know from when I lived in Sydney, and he also won the Hawaiian Ironman. And you know, there's a lot more. There's a lot more information about breathing properly. Uh, there's an op- a lot more information about nutrition. I mean, have you gone down that road, Hayden, to improve uh, in every aspect of your performance? For sure. Interesting. You talk about Pete Jacobs. I um, I have actually done a few sessions with him when I was doing triathlon, living on the Sunshine Coast. I actually, raced the Hawaiian Ironman. Uh, the same day as him in, in 2014 and 2017. But, yeah, I, listen, I, I know uh, physically I have a really resilient body that can handle a high amount, a high workload. 
Mm-hmm. And but that's not to say I think reality is in my life and what you know reality of most forty year olds try to pack into their life. They don't. I don't quite have the time. I definitely don't have the time that I did in my twenties, which is fine. But uh, I've still got the ability to do enough quality work. But I have been doing that now for like I've been I've been swimming at five a.m. now for thirty four years. So that's a lot of miles over thirty four years and. Uh, whilst I am certainly certainly healthy and and fit and strong, and I I am mindful of how much sleep I get. I'm mindful of what I eat. I'm mindful of. Well, I have actually the last probably nine months been fasting as well. So I I try not to eat. Like I try and have an eight-hour window only, sort of from 12 midday to 8 p.m. Is basically most days of the week is the only time I eat, uh, and that sort of stuff has most definitely helped me. And you know, I think with the experience, when you, I spent a number of years competing at the top level of surf life saving and have enough experience of, um, you know, making the wrong decision and making good decisions. I think now when you're put in a position in the surf, I'm able to focus. Especially last weekend, Ironman, which was a great thrill for me to win. I was able just to focus on the process, so not worry about where anyone else was. I had a really good game plan of every single leg. I knew exactly where I needed to go in um, and out, managed to execute that, and those things make a difference without a doubt in the surf. So I really enjoyed the, the team events last weekend with my club, mate, club mates at Terrigal and, and some of the young um, adults that India and I are, are really proud to sponsor for our business. Uh, the Ironman, Open Ironman, was a real thrill. That's the I've medalled in that event at these championships across four different decades now, which is which is pretty amazing. I got second in 1999, and then last uh, last Sunday was actually the first time I've I've won. So um, yeah, I was really proud. There's some there's some really tough, highly capable, promising young competitors on the coast. So to win the Open Ironman was um, yeah, it was a thrill for me. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, Hayden. Uh, yeah. So, will you do the will you do the Masters and the Open at the New South Wales Championships at Queenscliff this week? And if so, what are your expectations in the lead up to the Australian titles, which are on the Gold Coast in April? Oh, yes. So, I am entered in the Open Ironman. So, I haven't raced an Open uh, State Championship since my last year in Open competition in two thousand and nine. But after last weekend, I am considering... I'll definitely race the Masters, everything in the Masters. Um, I'm considering doing the Open Ironman. To, there's no pressure, obviously, when you're in your 40s to to get a result in the Opens. But I think I'm going well enough to be in the mix. And I think especially after the Bait Bait Gold at the start of the season where I finished third in the Open Elite Division, I was only 90 seconds behind Jackson Borg. Uh, who finished second in the Open Ironman Australian Championships over two hours? Um, I, I I'm on the pace. So I'll, reality is, the Open competition is, you know, there's a lot of people that are highly capable, and there will be some luck come into it. But um, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm entered to the Open Ironman as well. My expectations in the Masters, uh, listen, Terrigal has some really competitive teams. So where the current uh, Australian championship, Australian champions in the Masters Ski Relay and Taplin Relay, and I won the Ironman at the Aussie titles last year. So uh, I'm not going in the Masters Ironman to come second. So I'd be disappointed if I, to be honest, like I could lose because I could not be the best there. But 
I'll be disappointed in the Masters if I lose the Ironman, uh, and that's probably the expectation I'll take to the state and the Aussies, and I'll put my foot on the line preparing the best that I can, uh, and, you know, if I execute well on the day, I'll be up there somewhere. Yeah, love it, love it. Butch and I spoke about you uh, before we came on the air this morning, and mm. we said that it, when hard work and talent combine... You get it, Hayden it, Smith. It doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, and, uh, mate, uh, just finally, before you go, you said about work-life balance. I believe you've taken on... Have you taken on a fourth McDonald's franchise? And it's incredible that you can do all of this and still be as, as amazing as you are in Surf Life Saving. Thanks, mate. I have, yes. Yeah. I'm actually... Uh, today, I'm just at our new store at Belmont McDonald's today, which we purchased two weeks ago. So, you know, you, you mentioned hard work and, and talent. Oh, I don't classify myself as talent. I just classify myself as I'm willing to outwork everyone else. So I know growing up uh, sports-wise, I wasn't highly talented uh, at, at all, but I, I know that I've got the ability to outwork um, most people all the time in anything. And I think that's brought me success in business and sport. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that sport has given me without a doubt. I am incredibly grateful to be part of the McDonald's brand because it's a system I I love and you know we've got over 500 employees now and I, I love spending my days in the store with the people and I'm I'm inspired by the people that work for us. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, beautiful job, mate. Uh, congratulations again. Good luck at the uh, state championships and uh, look forward to catching up Thanks, next man. week. Sounds good. See you guys. The great Hayden Smith. Uh, what, a, what a story. 41 years old and still mixing it. In fact, not just mixing it, just right. toweling up. Uh, you know, younger he, opposition. He's the Kelly Slater <laughs> of Surf Lifesaving. Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith. Who else we got? Who else is a veteran? Well, there, there are a couple of great Paul ones. Paul Gallen. Just yeah. keep going and going and going. Unbelievable. Hey, we're off to a break. Uh, Gary Birkinshaw has just joined us. We'll the talk, guru. We'll talk some cricket in just a moment. Gee, I tell you, the guru's been good. Yeah, right. I'm not surprised. Also it's coming fantastic. up, your analysis of four National Rugby League sides ahead of the opener of the National Rugby League season in a couple of weeks' time. 17 past 10, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land, the Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back. We're live at BJ Howes and uh, super specials today. Butes, well, I've, I've already purchased this, so it's the screwdriver set. The Crescent 21-piece screwdriver set. And it's got Phillips head, the flathead, is yeah, that how you yeah. call it? And some other... Drill bits and help you do what you got to do. Yeah, when it, it sounds like you're right across a few. Oh, uh, we'll over it, mate. Been slashed to forty dollars. Hey, let's get cracking. This is your bread and Ooh, butter. Okay. So, so you got four teams. Uh, we promised this all morning that you'll analyse four teams in the National Rugby League. Okay. Uh, you you did the same last week. Yeah, I've got. I've done some research and I look at uh, I've, the four teams we're going to go through: Manly, the Titans, Panthers. The other team is the Roosters. So we saw a couple of these teams play last night. Um, Manly look like a strong lineup. When you get the likes of Turbo, Saab, and Garrick as your back three, you're going to score plenty of points. So that's a big thing for them. When we saw Garrick, who scored over 300 points last year, massive. I love their front, I love their forwards, but injury concerns, as I mentioned earlier on, Ola Katow and Tapao, 
concerns about where he's at right now, especially Olakatau, who might have broken his forearm. So that's going to be out for a while. I don't think they've got the depth of what some teams have, although I still think they've got enough to be able to, um, you know, be competitive in those forwards and win those battles. Strong halves combination, obviously, with Foran and, and DCE. And the big thing, uh, the big plus for uh, the Seagulls is their home ground is Fortress Brook, uh, Brookvale, right, which they love playing at. So they're going to win the majority of their games there, which basically means that they're all but. They've got to win a handful of games, not even a handful of games, away from Brookvale, and they'll be in the eight. So for me, a definite top eight chance. In fact, they're probably going to be in the top six, I would suggest, especially if Tommy Turbo has a season or something similar um, to what he had last year. Their problem is at the pointy end of the season, they got creamed by Melbourne. Yep. In week one of the final series, 40 points to 12. Then they come up against the Rabbitohs in a prelim and they go down 36 to 16. Now, I, I love what Manly did last year, but against those teams that really aim up, what are your thoughts? I think that they were probably a little bit overawed, especially some of their young back rowers who just had, they'd had such a good year that I, I just feel they were overwhelmed. So for me, I think they would have learned from that. They're going to be a lot stronger this year. I have no doubt about that. And, you know, I even forgot to mention a guy called Jake Trebojevic who goes all right. He can defend okay. And, you know, he's an international player who is, you know, the heart and soul of their forward pack. Look, I mentioned about a couple of their defeats, but when they're on, I mean, they beat the oh. Roosters in the final series last year, 42 points to six. So They, they at- can score points. They are a side with Turbo, Saab and Garrick. They can score points, and Garrick has taken his game to a whole new level, uh, not only as a try scorer but also a goal kicker. Uh, the Titans are going to be an interesting one, Steve, and I say that because very inexperienced halves. Sexton and AJ Brimson, normally a fullback to Brimson, but has been moved to the 5'8 position. Uh, excitement machine at the back in Jaden Campbell. Um, so that's a real positive. I think they've got some really solid outside backs, the likes of Herbert, uh, Sammy, and, and, of course, Corey Thompson who, you know, those sort of guys you get 7 out of 10 every week. Uh, their strength, no doubt, is in the forwards. Futawaka, David Fafita, and Steve, are you going to have to help me with this one? Big yeah. Tino. Fasua Malawi. Yep, that's him. Hey, hey Butes, uh, have a look at the guru, Gary Birkinshaw. Like, he looks like, he's, he's like a racehorse in a group one. <laughs> he's ready chomping, to go. Chomping at the bit for some airtime. He's frothing. He's uh, frothing at the mouth. Feel free to jump in, guru, whenever you like on Butes' analysis um, here. I like what they got. Will Smith off the bench uh, as an impact player. Still got SESA, Proctor, and Jared Wallace as, um, in their forward pack. So there's plenty of experience there. My concern is their spine. Right, they're one, six, nine, uh, and seven. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to get them into the top eight. Uh, that's where I think they're going to struggle uh, for season 2022. I also think the key to the Gold Coast is Fafita's got to be more involved. Uh, and you would have seen players like this right through your career. Where oh, mate, I, I see it with uh, what's the guy from Penrith. Uh, uh, What's his name? Kick out. Kick out. Yeah, yeah. Billy Army. I was thinking of his last name, but his first name was Billy Yeah, but Army. I think his work rate's better than Fafita. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, he's such a dominant player. Like, you know, imagine Fafita and, you know, go back a couple of years to how dominant. Um, Jeez, I'm having a blank today. The guy, the guy from the Cal- Tamalolo. Uh, oh, do you want to think about a, how dominant Tamalolo was and his running yards and whatever else? If Fafita could get a work rate close to that, 
then Sunday, I don't care whether he tackles or he doesn't tackle, right? I want him to run with the ball because that's where he's most potent. I also saw games last year where Viliami Kikau, a lot of the time he didn't get the footy, but it's the role he plays in, on that left edge yep. with, with Penrith where the line that he runs will draw in defenders. So it's sometimes it's what you do off the it's ball. It's what you do off the ball. And, I, you know, I talk to my Aussie players about this. is what you're doing off the ball. You create chances and opportunities by moving off the ball. And if you're doing that, especially a big body like Kikau, who is going to attract players, right? And Fafita is no different. Yeah, the, the guru will tell you, uh, you can learn a lot from AFL. Like a, a, a strong lead from a player will drag several defenders away from the contest and then suddenly your best players can do their best work. That's right, you're right there, um, Steve. It's the hardest part as a player, and the good players do it really well, is running to position knowing you're not going to get the ball. Yeah. And everyone wants to be on the ball. So, but sometimes you're equally as important being that decoy runner, decoy lead, whatever it is, to actually knowing you're not going to get the balls hard to do. The thing I found with Fafita, <coughs> pardon me, also Busey, last year towards any, he just seemed to be wider and wider, out, out, out in the centres more so than yep. playing closer in the ruck, and, and that prevented him obviously getting the ball as well as much. I think the key for him is to try and isolate that spot player, the, you know, the the outside back, the 5'8 the yeah. or the halfback, and get at them, and, and that's going to be the key, especially those one-on-one uh, tackles, whether he goes through or not, that's irrelevant. The fact that they've got to make a tackle in him one-on-one, if they bring him down, that's great. He's going to get a quick play the ball each and every time. Well, the Gold Coast, they're my second team, obviously, because yep. hometown. And, yeah, they missed the finals last year. They finished eighth on 22 points. A lot of people were talking about should there be a wild card in the NRL finals because the Gold Coast, at their best, they're an exciting team to watch, but they've got to be far more consistent. Okay. Who else have you got, Buttes? On that wild card thing, let me say this. There's 24 games that they played. They only won 10 of them, okay? If you're not winning 50% of your games, you don't deserve a wild card to get into the finals. That's I, how I see it. Yeah, I agree, Buttes. I reckon the wild card round just rewards mediocrity. Yep. Yeah, good, good. 100%. All right, let's go. Uh, Panthers, no Burton which is a big loss, I think. But Nathan Cleary, no doubt, is the key for them. You know, the reigning Clive, Hill, uh, Clive Churchill medalist, had a, he's had a, probably an amazing two or three seasons, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, he's had an amazing start to his career. Like, just phenomenal, the composure that he has, uh, how well he's been able to adjust and just manage a side. They're strong all across the park, the Panthers. You know, on the wing, uh, Luau, uh, uh, 5'8", the big forwards they got, which spoke about kick out. Uh, the big front rower. Again, here we go. I'm going through names. The Kiwi front rower. Fisher Harris. Fisher Harris. Like, what a freak he is. He's probably close to the best forward in the game at the moment. Um, they're going to be really competitive. There's going to be a lot of excitement around, the, uh, you know, at the foot of the mountains for that very reason. Definite top four finish for mine. Yeah, can, can they go back to back? That's the key That's question. That's the big question. And, and you know what? It's not an easy thing to do. We saw the Roosters do it a couple of years ago. Um, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't. Um, I know there's going to be plenty of teams who are going to be doing their best to stop them. But, yeah, they're going to be the hunted. There's no doubt about hey, that. Hey, Butes, we're running late for the news. You've yep. got 90 seconds to give us the Roosters. Okay, the Roosters, always strong, well-coached and prepared by Trent Robinson. I think I like the way he goes about his business. A lot of pressure on Joseph Manu playing at 5'8", and Sam Walker in the halves, like I think. But you've also got – the good thing is Luke Keery is going to be coming back at some stage. We forget about him and, you know, how good he was some 12, 18 months ago. Uh, Teddy will be critical, of course. Uh, you know you're going to get eight and a half out of ten every week from him. Probably not as fearful as they've been in in the past, I believe. Um, but nevertheless, they're a well coached well coached side. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy season for them this year, the Roosters. 
but they're still. I think they're just going to scrape into the eight for mine. That's where I see them. I I know, I know they're well coached, but I just don't think they've got that presence as what they once had. Hey boys, uh, just before we go to the news, uh, congratulations last week. So we saw. We mentioned earlier about the son of a gun. So we saw Nick O'Mealy. Yes. Jaron Purcell mm-hmm. uh, both get a run with the Newcastle Knights in the trial against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Last night, Sandon Smith. Now, I wanted to ask John Strange about Sandon Smith. This is another great story. Kim King Cumber Colts Jr. and got a run in the trial last night against the West Tigers. So playing with the Sydney Roosters in 2022 and was on that New South Wales Rugby League pathway. So well done to Sandon Smith. Off to the news. We're back soon to talk some cricket. Saturdays on the coast on SEN, live from BJ Howes. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, we're back live at BJ Howes. Been a fantastic morning so far. Uh, Buttes, uh, last night I was at the water polo in Newcastle. I tell you, up at Lambton Pool, they love Friday night water polo. Oh, yeah, uh, it was the, on. The house was pumping. And uh, Hunter Hurricanes had a win in both the women's and, and the men's. Lots of Central Coast players in both teams. Uh, the men have played extremely well, but haven't won too many games. And last night they had a 23-13 to win against Victoria. So... Congratulations, a couple of boys in the team. My own son, of course, Corey. Yeah. Uh, Lachlan McLeod uh, and Lockie Walter. So Lockie Walter's a goalkeeper. Lachlan McLeod, I think he scored three or four last night. Big centre forward. And they're on again tonight, aren't they? Well, they're on again today at lunchtime. Today. Gotcha. Uh, okay. 12.30. So the way the National Water Polo League works, last weekend they went to Queensland. They lost by one in the first game against Queensland Thunder. They got a couple of absolute legends in their team. Reese Howden who's, I think, a four-time Olympian. Billy Miller, who's also an Olympian. And they lost 10-9 on the first night. And then I think they lost 12-8 on the Mm. Sunday. So they play a couple of fixtures while they're away. So well done to the Hunter Hurricanes. They're coached by Dan Marsden, former Olympic captain. Hey, Guru, uh, cricket's off, obviously. A washout this weekend. But we've got a T20 final that could take place tomorrow. Yeah, that's right, Steve. The uh, the weather gods certainly uh, put pay to any cricket today, uh, unfortunately. But tomorrow we've got our our T20 finals are on it at, at, out at Tugra. So if we get a break in the weather, we should be right to play that. The wicket's fine. Paul Dees has done a great job curating that. And obviously we know the top of the facility that Tugra is. So we should be right to get on there if we get a break in the weather. And should be a good game. We've got Southern Spirit taking on Northern Power. And Southern Spirit, they've certainly been probably one of the big improvers this year. They've, uh, they, under the tutelage of Simon Blake, they've actually come along and in the T20 competition, they've picked up a couple of very good handy marquee players in Liam O'Farrell and Craig de Blasio. There are a couple of local juniors who now apply their trade down in Sydney, playing first-grade cricket down there. So under the local rules, you can bring back two marquee players, and, and they've actually come back and been really influential in Southern Spirit's form. Well, what are some of the numbers with O'Farrell? Because I believe uh, the Honourable Liesl Tesh mentioned him in State Parliament. Yeah, look, he's... Uh, so he, he's playing for Mossman down in, in Sydney Premier Grade Cricket. So he was actually the leading run scorer in the second grade competition leading up to Christmas. And now he's actually been promoted into, into the first grade competition. So he's doing really well there. 
Um, he's, he's a second leading run scorer in the competition, opening the bat. So he's, he's done very, very well. Nice and aggressive opening bat. So that that is massive. Uh, I mean, to play in Sydney and be a leading run scorer in any grade is is something you should be very proud of. What about de Blasio, left-hand spinner? Yeah, he's a left-arm spinner. Um, he's now playing in the Sydney Cricket Club. He actually played in um, in their premiership-winning side last year, so he's actually really, really done well. Comes back, and uh, he's a fantastic story. As to the junior here, went down to Sydney fairly young, and he's had to actually work his way up through, down in fourth grade through third grade, and he's kept some pretty good spinners out down in Sydney. So he comes back, he picks up his two or three wickets every week here, and a pretty handy middle-order bat as well. Yeah, how many players would we have without throwing you under the bus? How many players in Sydney? Um, I mean, is it like other codes where our best players aren't playing on the coast? Um, yeah, we probably don't lose as many as what we used to. The pathways now got so tough to actually get right through to play for New South Wales. And, and the, the point being is you, you go down and play Premier Cricket, but a lot of the good players, the state players, and even to a certain degree, the state second eleven players, don't play in the Premier competition anymore. So it really... When you used to go down and play first grade of Premier Cricket, it, was, and it still is, don't get me wrong, it still is quite an achievement, but you used to be up playing against potential test cricketers, yeah. and that yeah. doesn't quite happen now. This is that. So, we talked about the saturation of cricket, right, and how much they're playing. So you're right, back in the day, the test players would play Sheffield yeah. Shield, they'd play local, you, local cricket. You'd go out to Bankstown and you'd face... You'd see uh, Steve War or You'd Mark play Warrell. all three War brothers. Yeah, yeah. But, but even even now, though, it just gets to the stage where... Under the pathway system, and especially the, the quick bowls, it's all about the resting policy and the you know, and you've got to you've got to rest. You can only bowl so many days. So even if you're an under nineteen state player, you're told that you can't play cricket this Saturday because you bowl ten overs during the week. And so even the best underage cricketers don't play every Saturday. It's just once you get in the talent pool, you're really Great cricket's just shoved to the side, and you can play great cricket if you want to. And it's the talent you play, the talent. Please tell no, me they're please tell me they're bowling more than ten overs a week or something like that. Yeah, you, you don't look happy, Buttes. No, no, I'm not right. happy. It's ridiculous. You know what? We're so precious with these kids about what they should or shouldn't be playing, right? And, and it just does my head in. You know what? And this is you know come back to about Hayden Smith and that resilience that he's been able to build up over years and years of playing and competing, right? And pushing his body. You know what? He's reaping the rewards right now because, you know what? Again, don't get me wrong, guys. It just does my head in about we're so protective of these kids. Let them play. We poked the bear this morning. You you got to love this though, Butes. Okay, so so if you go away to a four-day carnival, okay, and you're you're and you don't have to be a fast bowler. If you bowl medium pace, if you bowl something where the keeper stands back, out of those four days. You can bowl three days, a maximum of 10 overs for three days, oh, and you've dear, got to have right, one dear. day off. Cannot bowl three days in a row. And that's if, if you, and that may be you bowl four overs. You, and I mean, you, that's your That's done. it. That that's counts. It. Yeah, that counts. It, oh, it is just, my a, and, and then during the week, it's, a, it's about a limit of about 45 balls a week you're allowed to bowl in the net. Yeah. Three. 45 balls in the net. It's like, <laughs> even, at, even at the elite level, Buttes, your elite level, and so my son went down, he bowled in the, in the net for Australia as a net bowler a few years back now. And this is when Mitch Johnson was bowling and, and George Bailey was still playing. And Mitch jo- and it's still be the same now, is Mitch Johnson for that training session was allowed to bowl 18 balls. That was it. That was it. So George Bailey's batting. Mitch Johnson was knocking him over for fun. And George Bailey's just gone and said, Mitch, bugger off. You've bowled your 18 balls. Now get the hell out of my net. And that's, and that's the point. And that's where you had Glenn McGrath who says he just wanted to bowl, 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 bowl because that's how he got his... That's how he got his fitness, got his rhythm, and yeah. and everything. But now it's it, they're all on these, uh, they're, they're all on these rotations and rest. Do we wonder and, why the players, when they do get put in situations where they've got to go back to back to back, 
why they actually start breaking down because their actually body's not used to yeah. coping with that stuff. I know that you know you're talking about you know uh, injury management. I get all that, but you've also got to build up some sort of base that if they do get pushed to a level that they're able to get through that and cope with it. And the other thing is, Boots, and I agree, I agree wholeheartedly with you, is that, is that when you bowl, it's an, one of the most unusual body motion Movement, that yeah, you, yeah. You, don't, you don't actually replicate that in any, any part of life. Yep. So it's about getting the, you know, getting the rhythm, getting used to it, getting the repetition through the body, the, you know, the muscle memory and all that, that stuff happening. And the only way to do that is through repetition of doing it yeah. in a game. But... It, it, does, well, it doesn't work. Well, we spoke about water polo earlier. You look at the action when they shoot, and you know, they're shooting at you know, probably over 100 kilometres an hour. And so Corey's always, and I mean always, at the osteopath, like, uh, like otherwise getting a massage, yep. uh, because it's an action that is taxing on the body. Hey, Guru, so are you confident the game will go ahead tomorrow? I mean, uh, we've had more rain today, so uh, there's also the Glen Roland Shield final. Yeah, that's right. Unless it's raining tomorrow, I'm confident that we will play. So first of all, we've got the Glen Roland Shield, which is our development competition, um, which is primarily an under-21s competition. You're allowed three over-age players to, to help out along with that. So you've got King Cumber playing the entrance to powerhouse sides in this competition over the years and they've got uh, more than a sprinkling of first grade cricketers in in this game. So that, this game will be equally as, as, as big as what the the, um, the main competition will be. And they can have three overage players? Three overage players, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also mate, uh, so this weekend in two day cricket a washout, that means that six into four doesn't go next weekend and the top two play each other but one of those teams could go out. I mean, that's how tight the two-day competition is. Exactly right. And the interesting point is because today's been washed out. So next week goes back to just playing over one day. But they actually play by the two-day rule still. So it comes back, you can still get draws and, ah. and there's massive swing in, in points-wise playing by playing under the two-day rule. So you're right there. King Cumber playing Terrigal. And particularly Terrigal, if they get beat, they'll go from second to out of the, out of the finals. Yeah. Hey, uh, good to hear that Simon Blake is back actively, uh, I think, around about 20 years ago, Butte. Simon Blake used to mm-hmm. join us on our Saturday morning sports show on two, uh, 2GO. He was good, too. I remember oh, Simon. Fantastic. Blakey, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ran Sports Coast trophies. Yeah, not, as good as, not as good as a guru. I bet in the guru. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, we're off to a break here. We'll come back. We'll talk some more cricket as well with Lauren Smith joining us. Uh, we'll also talk about a fantastic day that we had last Saturday at Gosford Races for the Danica Clark Foundation. And we just want to thank everyone. We'll do that shortly. Uh, this is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land, the Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at BJ House. Uh, just wanted to mention quickly this morning, Buttes and Guru, uh, I mentioned about Shoe Dog, the book about Nike. So mm. Phil Knight, who started Nike, and that was awesome. My daughter bought that for me for Christmas. But uh, this is the one I'm reading at the moment, Yelena Dokic, Unbreakable. Now, I know it came out a few years ago, but I cannot put this down. It is one of the best biographies I've ever read. And you forget how good Yelena was. So she... In Wimbledon, she takes on the Swiss Miss Martina Hingis mm-hmm. in round one. Let's not forget Yelena's a teenager. There's all this pressure. Like, she will come home after matches and she's physically and mentally abused by her nutcase father. Uh, and you just feel distraught for her. And then he twists the plot when, when she talks to the media. So he's trying to turn 
the Australian public against Yelena. He was almost going to pull her out of the Olympics in 2000 where she got all the way to the semi-final. Mm. But she faces the world number one, the Swiss miss, Martina Hingis at Wimbledon. She's still a teenager and she wipes the floor with the number one in the world, 6-2, 6-love. But nothing is ever good enough. If you get the chance, in fact, Yelena, she's becoming a real spokesperson too for mental health. I noticed she did something this week. It might have been on Q&A. And, uh, Burko, you've read this book, and it is just absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I have, have been lucky enough to read it, and, and you're dead right. So it is a fantastic read. You can't put it down. And what she experienced was just you know, something that no one should ever experience. It's really big on the, on the parent-daughter pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, was the, she was the breadwinner. She actually she didn't get the money. She went to her father. Went to family, yeah. yeah, the other thing, too, is she goes into great detail about her opponents and, you know, analyzes what their strengths were but also like i said you forget how great she was like in that same tournament she goes all the way to the quarterfinals beats mary pierce along along the way i think she goes down to lindsay davenport uh you know represented australia in the hopman cup so if you get the chance uh i implore you it is absolutely brilliant hey uh, we got lauren smith Waiting on the line, uh, we're going to talk some World Cup cricket for the women, which gets underway next week. Lauren, good morning. Hello, how are you going, guys? Yeah, we're well. Uh, sorry to hold you up. We're just talking about the great Yelena Dokic and, you know, what she's been through, what an inspiration she is. How have you been? Uh, I think it's been washed out for you this week. And uh, what's coming up? Yeah, there's, um, we were meant to have a day-night game um, on the Tuesday just gone against um, ACT and yeah, the rain just keeps on coming down here in Sydney and yeah, unfortunately it got abandoned with um, only a few balls bowled and all that kind of stuff. So, but our next game and our next focus is on uh, the 8th of March against South Australia. So, hey, uh, this Women's World Cup at the moment. This Women's World Cup, uh, the Aussies. What are your thoughts about the side we've selected and do we take on England first up? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be um, you know a really good tournament. The girls are looking like they're in some fiery form at the moment, and yeah, England's up first. We've um, obviously had a really good you know uh, Aussie summer here against them, so they should be going in with a lot of confidence. I think. Uh, Lauren, are you able to stay with us? We desperately need to get to a break. We'll come back and continue the conversation in just a few moments. Yep, perfect. All good. Lauren Smith joining us, who reached uh, 100 WBBL matches uh, in, the last, uh, in the last season. Absolutely incredible. Back in just a moment, live from BJ Howes, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metal Land, the Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, live from BJ Howe's. Been a fantastic morning. Uh, before I forget, thanks again to everyone for last week at the Danica Clark Race Day. We raised plenty, but we just had a fantastic day. And all of it goes to athletes on the Central Coast. We announced the 2022 scholarship soon. So mm. to everyone, thanks for your support. And what a fantastic day. We've got uh, four minutes left. Four minutes. We're going back to Lauren Smith, a WBBL player, fantastic three-time premiership winner. 25-second answers... Uh, 25 words or less. Burko, we're going to you. Let's make this rapid fire. Take it away. First one, Lauren. Um, big week, big uh, occasion during the week when Alicia Bates from Lizrael Rimba, someone who you know really well, made her debut for ACT Meteors. Yep. Just That's a good answer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 25 words or less. I one word answer. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I'm absolutely stoked for her. Um, yeah, she's just been working really hard. 
uh, made the big move down to Canberra. So, yeah, I'm absolutely stoked for her to get her WNCL debut. And she got a wicket as well. So, you beauty. Going into the uh, the World Cup, I'm going to talk about the Aussies taking on England first game. They've had a lot of recent success against the Poms. So, they'd, I would imagine that the Aussies would be very confident going into this first game. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, they obviously, yeah, had a really good, you know, summer back here. And, yeah, they've had a really good break. And I think they've all freshened up. And, um, yeah, they're looking pretty hot uh, at the moment training as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be um, a really good tournament. And I think the Aussies should make it to the final and should win it. Lauren, what are your thoughts on the decision made by the, the hierarchy in relation to allowing nine players to play should there be a COVID outbreak? Um, I think that's a really tough question. Um, we definitely just need a lot more players um, on standby for sure, whether that just be grade players, um, local players around, just because you just never know um, these days. Uh, COVID is anywhere and everywhere. So, um, yeah, I think a lot more players need to be um, on the sideline for sure. Lauren, apart from England, apart from Australia, who've won in recent times in the Women's World Cup, who are the next contenders? Could it be India who take on Pakistan in their opening game next Sunday? Um, I'm definitely backing India for sure. Um, I'm really good mates with Shmidi Mandana and Gypsy Sharma. And, um, yeah, they have a lot of quality plays in their um, attack at the moment. So I think they're the underdogs for sure in this tournament. Yeah, Lauren, we love having you on. Congratulations on everything you've done in your career. I tell you, you're so good. What are you doing next week? I think Butes is unavailable. I think the Guru might be unavailable. Uh, is there a chance you can come and co-host the show? Wow. Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, oh. I'm not up at the coast at the moment just because there's lots of rain and there's floods and everything, but um, I'll see what I can do to come on down for sure. Uh, I'll tell you who else is waiting in the wings, Nerida Stewart. Oh, she is yeah. good too. Uh, she is very good. So it could be girl power cool. next weekend. Why not? Hey, uh, thanks so much to BJ House. By the way, it's redemption time at BJ's, BJ House Meadowland. Get free tools, batteries and merch from your favourite power tool brands like Milwaukee four-piece kit. Get a job site radio absolutely free. Hey. And, of course, the screwdrivers. Screwdriver set. Still one hour to go. Get in here. $40. 21-piece crescent. Screwdriver kit. Oh I'm, off, I'm off to the water polo, the National League. Hunter Hurricanes up against Victoria. Then I'm off to the NRLW tomorrow. Triple header. How about you, Butte? Oh, I'm heading up to Newcastle tomorrow to watch my son play soccer. Um, today I'm going to chill out, have a bit of sleep, I think. I'd need some. Yeah, and uh, what about you, Guru? No cricket. Got a Saturday afternoon off. So oh. it might be a day in front of the races, I think. There yeah. you go. Sounds uh, all right. Thank you to the entire team. Uh, Josh Kind, our technician. Thanks also to Adam Staples back at headquarters who does an outstanding job. Mm. We... We love him, and we run out of superlatives when we talk about Adam Staples. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to the team at BJ Howes. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.